grab a seat, grab a seat. How you all doing? Everyone good? Very cool. Who loves baptisms? Yeah, I love baptisms. I've only done it once, but uh, it's great. It's great. Good times, good times. I consider myself somewhat of a professional of baptisms, even though I've only done it once. But I consider myself a professional of many, many things, whether I've done them or not. Uh, I claim it. Anyway, let's get straight into the Word. We've been talking lately about For Real. I'm finishing off the series. We've been working through Ephesians, uh, and it's really talking about where our Christianity hits the ground. So not just this airy-fairy stuff, not the poetic stuff, although that's lovely and that's really nice, but actually, where does this impact my life here and now, today, tomorrow, Monday, at work, at school, at university? Where does this actually change my life? How does this apply in my life? And we are talking about one of my favorite passages, although I've never actually been able to preach on this. So I'm quite excited about this. I think it's going to be good fun. It's from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through to verse 18. Why don't you turn to it in your Bible or on your uh, iPad, notepad, whatever pad you have, uh, and we'll read it together. Here we go. We're going to chuck it up on the big screen as well. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on, everybody say, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. That's pretty, a pretty poetic passage. I really like it. I don't, I don't know about you. I really enjoy this passage, partly because it touches uh, a special part of my life when I played war as a kid. Uh, we'll, we'll jump a bit, bit more into that in a second. But let's pray. We'll take this opportunity to pray. Why don't you close your heads and bow your eyes with me? I do that all the time. I don't know why you're laughing. Here we go. Jesus, we thank you that you are here. Father, we thank you that you have enabled us to come together as your people. Today, tonight, we choose to focus our attention on you. We, Lord, we open our hearts uh, and to hear from you, Lord, and, and we just pray that you would speak clearly to us. Lord, we want to we wanna do your work in this world, and Lord, we, we can't do it without you. Lord, we choose to worship you. We choose to put you first in everything we do. Pray you come and speak to us tonight. Everybody said, amen. So we've been talking about real, for real. We've been talking about uh, real power, real power, real grace, real faith, real other things as well, real blessings, God's real plan where it hits the ground. And in Ephesians, we get to this great passage about God's armor, and we're going to look at three things that it tells us, and then at what that, uh, then we we'll look at what that means for us as Christians. So, number one, if you're taking notes, I don't want to encourage you all to take notes. It engages your brain in a different way, helps you learn, helps you remember. So, number one, you are a soldier. You are a soldier. Everybody say, I am 
a soldier. I am a soldier. A soldier. I like this passage because Paul doesn't even specify this. He just assumes it. He says, put on the armor. There's only one person who needs armor unless you're playing NFL like a wuss. Although I love that game. I really do love that game. There's only one person who needs armor, and that's a warrior. That's a soldier. That's the only type of person who needs to put on armor. See, only soldiers wear armor. When I was young, my friend Josh and I, give it up for Josh and Rosie, my best friends. They've been, they've been coming down. They've, uh, if, whenever you hear me talking about friendship, that's the guy I'm talking about there. So you can go say hi afterwards. We've been friends uh, 25 years now I'm 20, we're both 26 years old, so yeah, about 25 years of our life. I haven't known a time when I haven't known him, which is pretty cool. Pretty special. They're down from, uh, down from Hamilton for the weekend, which is cool. But when I was, uh, when I was young, when we were young, uh, we would play war. This is what we did. And I, I don't know, I see it in little boys, or uh, I teach kids, so, and I teach them drums, so they always turn their drumsticks into guns, into shotguns, and boom, 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 and stuff like that. But uh, that, that's what we did, except we were more old school. We did the swords, we did the bows and arrows, we did the shields, we did the armor, the helmets, everything. Sometimes we'd spend so much time making, like we made all of our own weapons, all of our own armor, everything. We, sometimes we'd spend so much time making the stuff that it would come time to go home before we even had a chance to actually start playing war, just because we were so invested in, 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 in making our stuff. Or sometimes we'd would be imagining our worlds and would be telling each other about them. We would be saying, this is, this is our strengths and this is our weaknesses because you've got to keep it realistic. Um, and, and, we'd, and we'd do all this sort of stuff. And uh, it, it would just be, it would be so much fun. It would be so much fun. And, we'd, you know, we'd march around the house and we'd be finding our imaginary in, uh, enemies and taking them down and building fortresses and, and taking castles and all this sort of stuff. And and we'd be walking around, and it was, it was awesome. You know, we would train as soldiers. We would train as soldiers. Josh had this amazing bow that his dad made him. See, the best part about having dads that were good with their hands was when they made us fake weapons. Uh, my dad made, it, made me this epic battle axe. It stood probably about this high, double-headed battle axe. He got in there with a jigsaw, and I wasn't allowed to use a jigsaw for obvious reasons. So he made me the battle axe, and Josh's dad made him a bow and arrow, which actually and fired straight and stuff. It was cool. So Josh had this bow and arrow, and we made this, this spear out of bamboo as well. And so we'd, we'd do this, we'd, we'd do our training exercises, right? Where, where, where Josh would stand at the top of a hill, and he would fire his bow and arrow, his arrow, down at me. And I'd be standing at the bottom of the hill with the spear, and I'd have to deflect the arrow to, like, there was no, obviously no metal sharp bit on it, but it was, if it got me, it would have hurt. And so, and so, but we were training, and so there was a couple where it was coming straight for me, and I gah, blocked it with my, with my spear. Like, it, it was pretty awesome. There were a couple of times like that. Anyway, I go home, and um, um, Josh is like, this is awesome. I want to keep doing this, but there's no one to train with. So even if that his little sister, who was about four years younger than him, and just set her up at the bottom of the hill and then got ready, is like, Abby, you, you just blocked this with the spear, okay? You ready? Sure. Boom. Boom! Oh, yeah, she like falls over, hits her head, runs inside screaming, tells mum, bow snapped by dad, no more bow. I think, I can't actually remember what happened to the bow, but the bow got confiscated nonetheless. But, um, but as much as we believed that we were soldiers, we both knew that we were just, we were just playing war. 
that it didn't really matter whether we trained or not, how much we trained. You know, if it was raining, we didn't really have to train. We could just play games inside. Because it was just all imaginary anyway, right? It was all just fake. But I wonder how often we approach our Christianity like that. That instead of as actual soldiers. Because I want to tell you that actually we are soldiers. Though we fight imaginary or unseen things, they're not imaginary. They're not not real. They are real. And we are in a fight. See, 2 Timothy 2 verse uh, 3 to 4 says, Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please the commanding officer. So you are a soldier. And number two, there is a war. There is a war. 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We are in a fight. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can feel it. I can feel it like there are things coming against me. Sorry, I started to film it. Like, like there's things coming against me. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt like, oh, this is just, this is harder than it's meant to be. It's harder than life is meant to be. Things are just too difficult. Things that, that should be easy are just hard. People are stupid. Like, Come on, I'm a manager at a music academy. People sometimes, like, like I know we have to love them. Just being real. Um, see, I don't know about you, but fights are hard, right? Endure hardship. I haven't ever had, I haven't ever had a fight where it hasn't been been hard, where it hasn't been tough. Even like playful rumbles with my with my sister, my brother, whoever, with Josh who always beats me, unless I bite him. Um, my one fight I won, I had to bite him. Um, but they're always hard. You always end up exhausted. You always end up going all out, and it is always exhausting. So whoever told you that being a Christian would be easy lied to you. There's nothing easy about living for Jesus, only rewarding. See, there are going to be hard moments, times when everything feels too big to handle times where it feels like everything's falling apart around us. But it is in these times that we are commissioned to keep moving forward. And the army of God does not stop. It just continuously, forcefully advances. See, I want to leave you, uh, not leave you, I want to give you this thought. Nothing worth fighting for was ever won without a fight. See, that's, that's the truth. Marriage, it's worth fighting for. Guess what? It's going to be a fight for it. There's going to be the world who's throwing you all sorts of crap. No, it's about how you feel, man. I don't feel in love with her anymore. If you don't feel it, don't worry about it. No, come on. There's a fight to be had. No, it's all right if I live with her before we're married. It doesn't even matter. No, come on. That's what the world would tell you. That's not truth. That's not true. And it's just the world trying to, to, trying to, it's fighting against your future army. 
See, we must fight because the things God has placed in front of you and inside of you, inside of us, are of such significance you can't afford not to fight for them. Good news, though, number three, we are an army. So you're not just a lone soldier. You're not just a samurai warrior, although they're very cool. You're actually like a Roman legionnaire, one of thousands, one of hundreds of thousands, one of millions, if not billions around the world. You are part of an army. And if that doesn't make you excited, I don't, I don't, I don't know what. I don't know what will. See, we have all been commissioned together. The, 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 the picture in Ephesians of when, it, when God's talking about the church, there's, there's, there's a whole bunch of pictures he talks about. He talks about the church as a body, how we're all members as part of this body, which is, which is cool, which is awesome. We all have a function. Some of us are hands. Some of us are rear ends. You know, some of us are feet. Some of us are mouths. Some of us are eyes. Some of us are hips. All those good things. Um, we're also a family. That actually we are we are called into God's family first and foremost. We're also a building, like a holy temple, and He's building us into this glorious structure that that houses His presence, but also reflects His glory to the world. And we're also a bride, and that He's going to be coming back for as the bridegroom. And and so we're this beautiful image of a of a perfect spotless bride. That's the picture of the church. But we're also called. We're also described as an army, and none more powerful, I don't think, an army. And remember that when, when, when Paul was writing this, it was Roman domination to the max. Rome had basically, I don't know my history super, super well, but they were the most powerful uh, nation at the time, or empire at the time, uh, that overthrown the, per, uh, well, the, uh, I think it was the Byzantinians, I think, I can't even exactly remember, but that they that they had um, claimed or occupied the most territory basically ever up until that point. Uh, and so, and they'd done it because of their armies. Their armies were unbelievable. They were, they, they were, like, they were unlike any army ever seen before. It was their discipline, their endurance, training, and skill meant that they were able to conquer a significant portion of the known world at the time. And see, one of their unique pieces and the way they used it was their shield which is pretty cool. The shield would be just over a meter tall, probably about, about that high. So it's pretty big, a pretty big shield, especially when you're holding it, because it would come up to about here and come down to about here, if you can see that. So it would, it would, it would cover your entire, uh, your entire body. But it's what the Romans did with their shields. It was about, about that wide as well. So it would, it would literally cover your entire body if you're holding it, which is quite cool. But what they did with this shield was revolutionary. See, if I'm standing here with my shield, another person would be standing here to my right and another person to my left. And they would interlock their shields so when the army comes, there's simply a wall for the army to come and attack against. This created uh, the wall behind which the soldiers would be safe and would be able to attack from and retreat to. See, in a situation like this, how important is it for the person to your left and the person to your right to come to war dressed in the armor that was given them, carrying their shield with their sword? See, if I'm standing here and this guy's forgotten his shield, sure, he might get taken out, but that is a gap in the army that now, that is a weakness. 
See, the thing is, you are not just called to stand strong for yourself, but for those around you. So let me ask you something. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Are you wearing your helmet? Are you carrying your shield of faith? What is on your feet? See, the thing is, is that you choose what you wear. You get to choose what you wear. All of these things that we listed before, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, all of these things are spiritual gifts. And we read at the start of Ephesians, the very second or third verse, that God has given us every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. So these things have been given to us, but we need to choose to wear them. See, if we're actually called to wear the armor, we're going to have to figure out how to do that and what it actually is, right? We're talking about for real. This is all very lovely poetry, isn't it? So let's get real. Let's talk about these. There's, there's, I think there's six things that Paul talks about that I'm just going to touch on briefly. Just before I do that, I'm just going to get a volunteer up. Who should I get to volunteer? Duncan, why don't you give Duncan Tyler a big hand? See, um, what's this? Belt of truth. See, are you wearing your belt of truth? I, w- I was going to, like, prepare armor and stuff and have it real epic, which was going to be real cool, out of cardboard and, like, get a sword. Um, but we had a pla- my friend bought a PlayStation down this weekend. And so I'm like, that's me sold, playing Battlefield for the weekend. So, that's sold. so but, I did, no, but I, did, I did think about it because I wanted to show you a comparison between what we could be wearing and what we, what we should be wearing. But I'm just going to show you what we could be wearing, and then I think you'll get... So are you wearing a belt of truth, or are you wearing a shoestring of feelings? Let's put this around, Duncan. Yeah. Why don't you jump on stage, Duncan, so they can see you. That's a great idea, Duncan. See, see, the belt of truth, the belt of truth keeps everything together. It centers everything. It brings alignment. Without the belt, your pants are going to fall down. You've got nowhere to put your sword Nothing to really hold it all together. Your breastplate to hold it down, it, will, it ties into your, into your belt. It actually centers everything. So what's at the center? Is it truth? Is it God's truth? Or is it just your feelings? Which really, I mean, I mean really. Sure, it might hold your pants up for a little bit, but any pressure and it's going to snap. See, the truth of God's word and who Jesus is will keep everything together in your life. What it does is it keeps us from being swayed by every new idea that comes our way. Without knowing the truth of God's word, you will be forever searching, never satisfied with what you find, and you will be forever dictated to by your feelings. You will never be free. You will simply be a slave. So to put on this belt of truth, you need to know your Bible. Simple. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Know the stories. Read the Gospels. What is, who is Jesus? He, is, who is Jesus? he describes himself as truth, the way, the truth, and the life. So get to know him. Get to know him. Learn the Bible. Memorize verses. We can't afford not to. This is speaking to myself. I suck at memorizing verses. I used to be good. I don't know what happened. Number two, breastplate of righteousness. Are you wearing the breastplate of righteousness or the jacket? Of pride. See, see the breastplate 
protects your vital organs, namely your heart. See, the jacket, although it looks cool, because it's awesome, an awesome jacket. My wife bought it for me. It's pretty cool. Leaves your heart exposed. See, as Christians, we have been given Jesus' righteousness, which means we have right standing with God. When God looks at us, he sees the perfection of Jesus Christ. With this breastplate, it means our heart stays soft, humble, and thankful. How do you know that you're not wearing this righteousness? Your heart will start to go hard with pride. How do you put it on? By coming to a revelation of your depravity, which means how far short you've fallen of God's perfect standing. To realize how much you need a Savior and to accept the gift of righteousness He offers us. We need to, do you know how far fallen you were before God came in and actually shook up your life? actually came and intervened in your life with his grace. When he reached out and changed your heart, when he changed your life, literally brought you into a family, do you remember what it was like before you met God? It's only that that will actually enable us to to take Jesus' righteousness, knowing that by ourselves, we can never do it on our own. Number three, sandals of the gospel of peace. Are you wearing those or slippers of comfort? My wife's slippers. Pretty comfortable. See, the, the, the sandals of, uh, of the gospel of peace keeps you grounded and it moves you forward. The thing about the gospel is that it is so powerful and so all-consuming that wherever you go, and you will go far, you will have peace. It means you can walk into situations at work. It means that you can walk into situations uh, at the MSD, at, at high schools, and into broken families, broken situations, broken relationships, friendships like Carissa was talking about. And you can walk through with an inner peace while everything around you seems to fall apart. See, when you're that person walking in peace, you're a reflection of God's glorious grace and the gospel of peace. See, we can stand firm because we stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ. How do we do this? How do we have this peace through all of our life? I don't know about you. I, would, I, I want this peace all the time. And yet sometimes I forget. I forget to put on these sandals and I slip into my comfortable slippers. But we, re- but we remember by being thankful. Being thankful reminds us that we are blessed because he Because we know him and we have him, Jesus, as our Lord, not because of our circumstances. That's what brings blessing is knowing him and having his presence with us. Therefore, we can look at the things around us and have a deep inner peace and keep on moving. Number four, are you wearing your helmet of salvation or your beanie of unbelief? Ah, there you go. See, the helmet of salvation, it protects your mind, it guards your thoughts. This helmet is our hope, our hope. Our salvation that we have been so freely given is what protects us from not believing and from drifting. It helps us recover from our mistakes without being drawn into down, uh, down into self-doubt or insecurity. 
It keeps us focused on the things that God has set before us, and we look forward to the day. Sorry. It keeps us focused on the things that God has set before us, and we look forward to the day when it will be lifted from our head and replaced with a crown. See, we need to praise Jesus to put on our helmet. Helmet of our salvation. When we praise Jesus, we acknowledge his sacrifice on the cross. That is our salvation. That is the power of praise. That is why we jump up and down here every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. We are praising God, replacing on our helmet of salvation. That's why we shout. That's why we dance. That is literally my dance. That's why we do it. Not for now. It's for tomorrow. We put on our helmet of salvation to walk into tomorrow so that when anything comes against us that says, you're not worthy, you can say, well, Jesus died for me, so I'll just take his worthiness. <laughs> I'll take his righteousness. I've got this salvation, so, so, so there must be some sort of importance on my life. I'll just ignore that claim that I'm not worthy. I'll just ignore that claim that I'm useless because that's not, uh, I don't know, Jesus died for me. So, hey, there must be something significant about me. It's only when we praise him as almighty, thank him for his sacrifice on the cross, that we are reminded that he is bigger than anything, more powerful than anything, and that he has already won the victory. See, I don't have a, I don't have a shield of faith, but I think it was, oh, I didn't have time to build this either, but I think as opposed to a shield of faith, I sometimes think that, and I don't know about you, but this is me, I hide behind a wall of security. See, a shield of faith extinguishes the flaming arrows of the evil one. That, that was the, what the word said, the, the, the passage said. It says no to anything that contradicts God's word. It helps protect and build up others as well as ourselves. So Jude uh, 1 verse, uh, verse 20 says, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. See, are you walking into everything that God has for you protected by your faith, your shield of faith, or are you cowering behind a wall of safety? John, I talked about faith, real faith, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he said the opposite, which I thought was very perceptive, the opposite of, not, of faith, so often we think it's doubt, but actually it's just certainty. See, where there is certainty, there is no need for faith. Are you, are you walking into places where you just say, God, you put me here, and it is flaming hot right now. I need you to break through. I need you to break through. Come on. Are you talking to those people who are on the fringe of your life? This is, this is how we grow in our faith, as we step out beyond where we're comfortable. Throw off the slippers. Step outside. Actually, yeah, there you go. Throw off the slippers. Step outside. Let yourself be taken into situations where you're relying on God. Be led by the Holy Spirit and say, God, you put me here. You need to come through. I've got my shield of faith and I'm believing that you're going to come through. I'm believing that you're going to help me with the study. Not because I've procrastinated for three weeks and played games. No, I'm believing that you're going to help me with the study because you put me here and I don't know what I'm doing. You gave me this job where I'm meant to have a psychology degree and I don't know what I'm doing. 
Come on, let's grab that shield of faith and step into everything that God's called us. How do you build your faith? You work it. You work it out and you use it like a muscle. It will grow. It will grow. Number six, and I'm just going to invite the band up. Oh, no, Duncan, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not just yet, not just yet. You're already up. Uh, I'll just have a cast then. It's like 80% of the band, right? Keys. No, no, literally like, like, sorry, 75% of the band. Like keys, bass. Oh, no, maybe it's 33. Hey, man. I teach Isaac, all right? You be quiet. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> God, forgive me. Sword of the Spirit. Or an iPhone of distraction. Or, 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 or two iPhones of distraction. Oh, man, I need to pray for Duncan. You can, I can, okay, there you go. See, sword of the spirit, it's the only weapon we have. Everything else is for our protection, for our defense. But it's the only weapon we need. And it changes things. Do you hear God's voice? Do you know how he thinks? How he feels? What he wants for your life? Do you feel empowered by God's Holy Spirit? See, that is the sword of the Spirit. See, when, uh, um, that this word, uh, there's, there's two words for, um, for the word word in the Bible. Uh, is it rema, rema and logos. Uh, and the word rema is, is used in this passage. But ultimately, it's talking about what God's saying. Whether through his word, through his voice, through prophetic words, whatever it may be, what he tells you personally. You can grab a seat now, Duncan. Thank you. Give it up for Duncan, everybody. But ultimately, it's, it's talking about God's word. Not necessarily knowing scripture, although that's important. That will bring truth and understanding. And it's hard to hear God's voice. If you don't know, if you're not in the scripture, absolutely. But it's, it's, it's more than that. It's hearing God. What is God saying to you? Are you listening? Are you listening? Or are you, are you too caught up with what people are saying about your latest selfie you post, posted to Facebook? Do you care too much about what your friends are having for morning tea today to notice that God is speaking directly to you? Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. All we need to do is listen. Do you have that time in your day, in your week, in your month, in your year, where you say, God, I need to hear from you. Because when you do, you pick up that sword. And you're able to advance into everything that God has in store for you. See, God's Word, both from the Bible and what He speaks directly to you through His Holy Spirit, will free you, lead you, and empower you. And how do we be filled with the Spirit? Worship. Worship. What are you wearing? 
Are you wearing that belt of truth? Or are you being dictated to by your feelings? Are you wearing your slippers of comfort? Hiding behind your wall? What are you wearing? Are you finding yourself living in anxiety and worry? And you just need God's peace? All of these things are available to us. We just need to put them on. Imagine some, imagine living in the fullness of God's peace as you walk out your, your day, your every day with kids at home. I can imagine, I don't know, but I can imagine. Kids could disrupt your peace. <laughs> and that's just from babysitting the Smith kids once or twice. Like, <laughs> imagine walking out every day with that inner peace, with your kids running havoc, climbing the walls onto the roof. How did you get there? I don't know. Whatever. Imagine walking through every university corridor with a peace that people start to notice, even if they didn't notice, what would that do for you? What would that change in your life? What do you need to put on? What do you need to take off? What are you wearing? Uh, I just want to invite everyone, why don't you jump to your feet? The rest, the rest of the band can come. See, the reason it talks about at the start and the start of Ephesians, the bit I, I mentioned before, the reason we have all of these spiritual blessings is because of Jesus' work on the cross. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross means that we have been uh, imparted with uh, all of the spiritual gifts we need. And see, Jesus, this, this is the gospel, that we, were, that we are more sinful than we ever dared believe, but, there, that, but that we are more loved than we ever dared hope. That Jesus Christ would come to earth, live a perfect life, and then die on a cross in our place, even though that we as sinful human beings deserve all that He got meant that we can now receive all of these things. And right across this place, if you just, let's all close our eyes. I just want to give you uh, everyone a chance to respond tonight. And I don't know everybody here. I don't know your story. But I do know that God loves you and that you are here for a reason. And if there are people here who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you might have heard me talking about living with a deep inner peace, about living a life of adventure, with faith and with a hope of salvation, a hope of being saved by a God who loves you. If that's you and you've never responded to this God, or maybe you've you've walked away from Him before and you and you and you know that you need to come back. If that's you, I want to give you an opportunity just to respond simply by raising your hand, not for me, not for anyone else around, but for you and God. If that's you, I want to pray a simple prayer with you. That if you believe with your heart, we'll connect you once again with this God who loves you. If that's you, right across this room, I just want you to shoot up your hand right now. I would love to pray with you.
before we finish our service. One hand over there, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Hand over there, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That's two people. Is there anybody else here who would like to to make this decision? Give their heart to Jesus. Another person, third person, awesome. Thank you, that's great. Anybody else? Anybody else who would like to make this decision? No, that's cool. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer. And church, can you pray along with us? Can we do that together? Can we pray together? Yeah, awesome. We're going to pray this prayer. And for those of you who lifted your hands, believe in your heart. The Bible says simply believe in your heart, confess with your, with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. So we're going to do that tonight as a church. Uh, why don't you all repeat after me? Dear Jesus, I thank you for coming down and living a life for me, for dying for me, and saving me from myself, my sin, saving me for eternity. Lord, I confess all my sin. I accept your sacrifice, and I give you all praise. I commit to live for you today and forever. Amen. Awesome. Can we give Jesus a shout of praise? Very cool. Very cool. Well, we're going a little bit over time. What I just want to do right now is you know where you are. You know what you're wearing. You know what you need to put on. See, when I was talking, I... I'm not great at reading people, but I'm okay. But I could see just as I was going through the list of things, and some people would be like, oh, that's me. I could see it in your eyes. I could see it. I don't know why. I just felt like I could see it. Like, there's different people who are like, yeah, no, I know I'm not amazing. You know, I'm not wearing the jacket of pride. Oh, but I love my slippers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I've got my sword out, but where's my shield? I've lost my shield. You know what you need to pick up. You know what you need to wear. So as the band lead us tonight, I was just going to pray real quick. I really believe the Holy Spirit's going to come and move. He's actually going to move in your heart. He's going to touch your life. He's going to let you know exactly what it is where and where you need to respond tonight. But I want to encourage you to, you can come down in front if you want. People, you can ask someone to pray for you. Uh, that's fine as well. But let's do business right now with God. Amen. Awesome. Father, we thank you that you're in this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you down right now. Lord, we... we, we we acknowledge your sacrifice that has made a way for us to receive these spiritual blessings. And tonight, right now, Jesus, we pick up our shield. We grab our sword, which is the Word, Lord. We put on our breastplate of righteousness, our helmet of salvation. Father, we strap the truth that around our waist, which holds everything together, and we declare that we are your soldiers. Soldiers in your army, Lord, we declare that over ourselves, our church tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray.